Texas communities bracing for a spike in people crossing the border. How a court ruling could lead to a new surge of asylum seekers. And championships on the line. How two teams in two different sports are looking to bring titles home to Austin. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. The big story this Saturday is our weather. Nick Bannon is in our first warning weather center, and Nick, tonight could be the coldest night in months. Yeah, and it could also be the first freeze for many communities that haven't had one as we've entered these last few colder months. Check out the fading sun, though, from our Austonian weather camera under a clear sky. That clear sky, light winds, allowing temperatures tonight to drop in a hurry. We're at 51 in Austin, but most communities right now are in the upper 40s and these numbers will fall several degrees an hour at least for the next few hours under these clear skies. So here's what we're expecting this evening down to 48 at 7, 44 at 9 and 41 at 11 with clear to mainly clear skies. Here's the concern tomorrow morning. Some of the coldest temperatures we've had in weeks, if not months, and we've got freeze warnings for Travis County, Hayes County, most of our eastern counties, except for Fayette County and Milam County. And the rest of you, you're wondering why you don't have freeze warnings in Williamson counties in the Hill Country. That's because you've already had your widespread freeze here uh, just within the last few weeks. And the National Weather Service policy is that once you've had a widespread freeze within your county, you no longer get freeze warnings for the rest of the chillier months. But just about everybody's going to get very near to freezing here tomorrow. We'll show you who's going to be the coldest on our cold night ahead. Then we're tracking rain for your Monday and first warning, first warning weather ahead of some of the coldest air since February. Yes, that's even colder than tonight. All right, Nick, see you in a bit. Thanks. And just yesterday, the city of Austin released a statement after an audit found flaws in the cold weather shelter system for people experiencing homelessness. To address some of the disruptions in service that happened during COVID, the city says it has secured money to partner with the Austin Area Urban League to shelter people next winter. This winter, the shelters will continue to be operated by the city. Now, tonight at 10, we are looking more at the system and what people are doing to prepare for the cold weather. Communities along the border are bracing for a new surge of migrants crossing into the United States in the coming days. Title 42 restrictions are set to be lifted on Wednesday. Right now, Title 42 lets the federal government turn away many asylum seekers. It's a policy aimed at preventing the spread of communicable diseases and in installed during the COVID pandemic. Lifting it could clear the way for thousands of migrants waiting in Mexico to enter the U.S. to seek asylum. Several states, including Texas, filed an emergency appeal to keep the restrictions in place. Now, that appeal was rejected last night by a federal court. We spoke with Congressman Michael McCall earlier this week. He told us that ending the policy will make problems much worse along the border. You know, what they see is the rescission of Title 42, which was a way to deport people at the border based on health reasons. Uh, the administration has uh, basically given an announcement that's going to be uh, lifted, and so now you're seeing another surge. Supporters of ending that policy point out that the country has already ended most COVID restrictions. Even with Title 42 in place, communities like El Paso have seen a spike in asylum seekers in recent days. The numbers have overwhelmed shelters and a lot of people have ended up sleeping on the streets. Many come from places like Venezuela and Nicaragua, countries that have limited diplomatic relations with the U.S., so it's difficult to send them back to their home country. That would happen with or without Title 42. 
It is all sparking new urgency for short-term and long-term solutions. We'll take a deeper dive into the issue on our Sunday morning politics program. Catch State of Texas at 8.30 tomorrow morning right here on KXAN. Thousands of volunteers visited Arlington National Cemetery today to place wreaths at the graves of fallen heroes and service members. Arlington National Cemetery hosted the annual Wreaths Across America event where the public is invited to place wreaths on the more than 260,000 headstones throughout the grounds. This was one of more than 3,400 wreath-laying events at locations happening today in all 50 states. And that includes a wreath ceremony right here in Austin at the Texas State Cemetery. Volunteers laid wreaths on 3,300 headstones of fallen service members and prominent Texans. Governor Greg Abbott spoke at the event and emphasized the importance of honoring the service members and never forgetting the price that they paid so we can be free. We all need to remember. There were men and women who came before us, who put their lives on the line and some sacrificed and lost their lives for the freedoms that we have in this country. Fundraising groups raise money throughout the year to pay for the wreaths, including 11-year-old Reamer McAmeer from Cedar Park, who has volunteered for four years now. The governor says McAmeer has raised $65,000 so far. Several Austin firefighters came together today to honor one of their own. They organized a 24-hour walk to pay tribute to Battalion Chief Travis Mayer. He's battling stage four cancer. Mayor was among the AFD firefighters who traveled to New York City to help after the 9-11 attacks. Like many of those first responders, he developed cancer. Um, on top of you know just honoring this man is bringing awareness to what the risks are of this job and, and the heroes that were there that day and, and uh, did all they could to help. Nearly 100 people joined that walk. Organizers asked people participating to avoid wearing headphones in an effort to keep the focus on their beloved friend. It is catching eyes all over town. We look closer to find out what and who's behind the Buscar graffiti popping up around Austin. And a dispute over who's allowed to post on Twitter, settled for now, how users on the platform helped resolve this latest drama involving Elon Musk. Powerful testimony on Capitol Hill calling for action after the deadly school shooting in Uvalde. Tess will never get to experience the life we had prayed she would live, and we will never know how scared she was in her last moments in that classroom. Her memorable message to lawmakers, but does it come too late to make a difference? Plus, a huge defense bill approved by Congress includes a Texas project you might not associate with the military. How it's boosting a plan to protect our coast from future hurricanes. A new surge of migrants crossing the Rio Grande is overwhelming some parts of Texas. How it's bringing new calls for solutions, both short-term and long-term. An in-depth look this week on State of Texas. That's Sunday morning at 8.30 on KXAN. Twitter has reinstated several high-profile journalists who were suspended. Accounts belonging to journalists working for The New York Times, CNN, The Washington Post, The Intercept, Voice of America, and others were suspended on Thursday. It happened after Elon Musk, who bought the social media company a few months ago, accused the journalist of sharing private information about his whereabouts. Musk said the suspension stemmed from Twitter's new rules banning private jet trackers. 
However, those accounts were reinstated early today after Twitter users voted in a poll posted by Musk to allow the journalists back on the platform. Musk responded to the poll, writing, the people have spoken. Well, today below average, but believe it or not, the warmest day of the next week at least will track the cold and then the colder in first warning weather. Well, there's a good chance that you've seen it in Austin. The word buscar tagged all over the city. In Spanish, buscar means to search. So we searched to find out who's behind it. The graffiti has turned up on overpasses, light poles, sidewalks, and more. While it is not clear who's doing it, there are clues about who is not. The author of a book on the subculture of graffiti in L.A. tells KXAN the style of the tags tells him that it is not gang-related graffiti. And here's what the chair of the American Studies Department at UT told our Grace Reader. It's pretty interesting because it is a moment where, you know, someone unknown is trying to make themselves known. It's kind of a way of ordinary people who feel invisible making themselves temporarily visible. Complaints about graffiti remain pretty steady this year over last. In the first few weeks of December last year, there were around 140 issues with graffiti reported to 311. In the same time period this year, there were just under 120. Nick Bannon joins us now to talk more about the forecast. It was a beautiful day today because the yeah. sun was shining. It was nice, cool, and crisp but it's going to become even crisper and crisper as we go along, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know if people will be using the term crisp crisper. later in this week. Yeah. But, uh, they'll be like, no, this is past crisper, whatever yeah. that is. Big chill. Yeah, let's take it outside on this uh, chilly start to your evening, making you feel a little more festive, though, with the cool air in place in time for the holidays. This is how it looks in Marble Falls right now, our Highland Furniture and River City Grill camera under a mainly clear sky, 51, although within, say, 30 minutes, an hour, you'll probably be in the 40s. We're at 51 also in Austin. 40s and even 30s to the north of us. The warmest spots in the state are still only in the 50s, and we're all going to be in for a noticeably chilly night here tonight. In fact, most areas here in central Texas get very close to freezing by tomorrow morning. Notice how the temperatures fall here tonight. It's 40s and 30s most of the night. We're very close to freezing as we begin your Sunday morning. There's probably going to be temperatures even colder than this in the hill country where I wouldn't be surprised if we we get some 20s to begin your day tomorrow. And this is probably going to be the coldest temperatures that Austin gets so far this December, which could mean it's your best opportunity for your first widespread freeze in Austin uh, since, uh, say, last March. Temperatures do recover, though, after a frigid start. We're in the mid-50s. I know this is hardly warm, but it's better than the 30s that you begin your day with, and this is just a little bit cooler than we got today. And then as we head through the night and into Monday morning, Monday does not start nearly as cold because there's going to be way more clouds around and also some rain to kind of lock in the quote-unquote warmth of the day on Sunday. So tonight we're forecasting a low of 33 in Austin at Camp Mabry, which would barely avoid a freeze. But outside of Austin, I think most areas in Travis County, just about all of Williamson, most of Hayes, all of the hill country get to freezing or below. And uh, the freeze is going to be a little more patchy in our eastern counties, but there's still going to be a good amount of neighborhoods I expect that get to freezing in our eastern counties to begin the day tomorrow. So after a near freezing start, sunshine gives way to clouds and we head for 55 here tomorrow. State itself is rather clear, although clouds are going to be increasing to the southwest of us through the night. That will keep most of us mainly clear up until about late morning or midday. The theme of the day tomorrow is a transition day between the sun of today and the rain of Monday. So the clouds increase through the day on Sunday 
but we stay dry. However, late Sunday night or more likely on Monday early in the morning, rain starts to spread through the area. Wettest weather from 35 eastward with just a few spotty showers in the hill country. And then this rain wraps up either Monday afternoon or early Monday evening. Rainfall amounts have trended down a little bit, a quarter of an inch to an inch for the metro and east, but still much lower numbers in the hill country where we need it the most, unfortunately. The big story after the rain is going to be the cold. Thursday morning cold front drops our temperatures from 52 to high of 36 on Friday. That's the high. What about the low Friday morning? We're forecasting a low Friday morning of 19. Believe it or not, that would not be record breaking. We also have wind chills in the 20s on Thursday and in the single digits to begin your Friday. So sure going to be feeling like winter here as we head through the end of the week. Numbers just dropping by the hour on Thursday. Numbers do start to slowly try and recover though as we head into next weekend. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Vandergrift is new to the state championship party. DeSoto is not. The Vipers made their first appearance ever in the title game today against DeSoto, who won a title six years ago and are led by a Texas commit wide receiver, Jonte Cook. Vipers winners of 14 in a row heading into today. Second title game appearance for DeSoto. We pick up in the first quarter. Per usual, Braden Buchanan finding Miles Coleman, and Coleman takes it for the first down and more. Goes all the way down to the 24-yard line. That would set up a field goal to put the Vipers on the board. First, 3-0. Then Darius Bailey for DeSoto finding Jonte Cook, then the future Longhorn. Takes it to the house. That 42-yard touchdown makes it 7-3 DeSoto. Then ba Darius Bailey finding Trey Wisner. Another UT guy for a touchdown. 14-3 Eagles. Vipers trying to claw their way back. Alex Witt had a 57-yard run, and he follows it up with that touchdown, short, much shorter, on third and goal to bring them within four. But DeAndre riding for DeSoto counters with his own short touchdown run to make it 21-10 DeSoto. Vandergrift, though, trying to stay in it. Alex Witt had a really good day on the ground for Vandergrift, and evidenced by that touchdown right there, he brings the Vipers within four. However, next possession for DeSoto, DeAndre riding. He, his name was called a lot today. He runs in from six yards out to put the Eagles up 28 to 17. A little later, some more cushion for DeSoto and then Bailey, the Wisner. And he turns that into a 62 yard touchdown pass, 42 to 17 Eagles. DeSoto wins by that score of 42 to 17. So Vandergriff's season comes to an end with a 14 and two record, but an amazing run nonetheless by the Vipers. All right. Tonight, Texas volleyball can bring it home to the 40 acres as the Longhorns will face Louisville for the national championship in just over 40 minutes. Texas will take the court on a mission to win their first national championship in 10 years. They'll face the Cardinal who defeated Pitt in five sets in their semifinal match. Now, the Longhorns have been ranked number one pretty much the entire season, and they have been on point when it comes to facing ranked teams. Texas is 9-0 this year against ranked opponents, but number 10 will undoubtedly be the sweetest. Yeah, we've been in literally this exact position before a few years ago, so it would mean a ton to bring this home for Texas, for Jarrett, for literally everyone. I know we have so many alumni and people behind us, and we really just want to do it for everyone. And Jarrett's worked so hard to put us in the position that we're in today, so just go out and get it. 
The last time Texas and Louisville met in the NCAA tournament was three years ago in the regional semifinal with the Cardinal getting the best of the Longhorns that day. Molly Phillips was a freshman. Tonight's national championship match is set to begin at 7 o'clock. All right, NFL, what a day for Matt Ryan and the Colts. They faced the Minnesota Vikings. And here we go. Kirk Cousins, rough start for him and the Vikings. His pass intercepted by Julian Blackman, returned for a touchdown. 30-0 Colts. Colts would take a 33-0 lead, but the Vikings would climb back. Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen, that cuts the lead to eight. Then a few minutes later, Cousins on the screen pass to Dalvin Cook. And Cook turns this one into a touchdown. And the Vikings would tie it on a two-point conversion. Then it would go into overtime, and they would make the field goal, completing the largest comeback in NFL history. Guys? Thanks, Jonathan. All right, let's take a look at your uh, forecast. The main concern tonight is that freeze warning. Don't be... Uh, don't be thinking too much about the fact that the Hill Country and Williamson County is not in it. I still expect your temperatures there near freezing, but freezing conditions or near freezing expected for the metro and many of our eastern counties. Here's your Sunday. Starts with sun, ends with clouds. A chilly day tomorrow, mid-50s, but that'll be warm compared to what's coming. Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> well, bundle up and stay warm, everybody. Thank you for watching. Hope to see you back here at 10 o'clock.